Hey, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm making a quick note before the intro of the episode. This is Angela. I edited this episode, and while I was listening to it, I caught a whole bunch of mistakes, and I thought maybe I should re-record this because it doesn't sound like my best work. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? I have not given a speech since February, and I think this is a really good example of what happens when you don't practice. <laughs> I talk a lot about how if you want to keep your skills sharp and you want to keep improving as a speaker, the best thing you can do is get on stages and practice and keep those skills sharp. And I have not at all in the last four or five months. So this episode is an opportunity for you to hear me at my probably most unpolished I've been in years. And it, it cracked me up as I was going through it. I'm like, this, this, sounds, <laughs> this sounds so funny. I think I say like 400 times. And I'm sorry if it's annoying to you because I didn't want to cut them all out. It just would have, I don't know. I thought, why not just show what, this, what, what it's like when you don't get a chance to keep those skills sharp. So I wanted to put this little mini intro in to say... Cut me some slack. I'm working on it. I'm improving. And I also did the best I could at this moment in time. So enjoy the episode. Thanks. Wow. Here we are. <laughs> episode 139. It's good to be back. Um, if it's your first time, Welcome to Claim the Stage. We are a podcast all about public speaking. The last couple episodes, not exactly about public speaking, but, you know, it was more about a self-exploration, and these questions make you a better speaker. And by the way, if we have not met, I'm Angela Lucier, and I'm your host, and I'm also an author and a speaker and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And today's episode is all about the seven reasons why you suck at online presentations. And I decided to do an episode on this topic because when I was thinking back to the most frequently asked question I've re received in the last three or four months, it is... How do I improve my skills as an online presenter? This is brutal. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to try not to hit the mic 100 times. Okay. If you are hating Zoom and you are bored to death in your meetings and you would rather stick a pencil in your eye than sit through another conference call Zoom meeting, you are not alone. I think I, I would love to see a poll at this point, like comparing a poll to mid-March when everyone's like, Zoom is so cool. You can talk to your family while you're eating dinner. You can Zoom with the coworker who's working across town. It's awesome. <laughs> the poll now is probably like, for the love of God, anything but a video call, please, anything. Do, do those cans on on rope? Do those work? Because I will do that if that's what it takes to get off Zoom. However, we're still using the tool because it is one of the best options out there. It's affordable. It's easy to use. Everyone basically has access to it and it works pretty well. So we're kind of stuck with it right now. 
And since that is the case, I thought I would do this episode on the things that make online presentations horrible to watch and horrible to do. And if you're in the category of people who just feels like you can't engage your audience, you're not sure if anyone's paying attention, you feel like you're wasting everyone's time and you just want it to end, then you're going to love today's episode. Anyway, moving on. Seven reasons you suck at online presentations. Number one, you lost your audience at the seventh second right after you said, I can't get my screen to share. I don't know what's wrong. Screen sharing isn't enabled. I keep pushing the button. Nothing's happening. My file's not opening. Can you guys see that? (laughs) Does this sound familiar? (laughs) You're probably like, that's not funny to us because we hear that every day. Sorry. (laughs) That's like the worst way to open your presentation is to have a technical difficulty that is probably unnecessary. I want to give you like the most important piece of information you're ever going to hear in your whole life. Nobody likes slideshows. (laughs) Nobody cares Nobody wants PowerPoint in their life. Nobody. Like if it was on the ballot, everyone would vote it out. We'd be done. We only use it because we absolutely have to and because we've lost our sense of creativity. We forgot that there are other options. We just do it because it's so synonymous with public speaking that we think we have to. Here's the secret. You don't have to. Please. Don't. (laughs) We look at screens all day long, and we're actually still looking at a screen because we have, because your face is on there. But why don't you try giving us something else to look at? Instead of forcing your audience to immediately start looking at more words on a screen, why don't you think of a way to make it more interesting than just slides with words that you probably are reading because you're nervous? The slides aren't for you. That's another, like, I don't even have that on my list. Consider this 1.5, number 1.5. Using your slides as a crutch for you because you haven't memorized your talk or because you're nervous or because you're afraid to mess up. If you're putting up slides with tons of words, your audience is bored. Put some note cards next to your computer and use those for cues. Don't use your slides. Your slides should add to your presentation, not be your presentation. Use them for feeling. Use them to convey something that you can't with your face and your, and your mouth and your words. So, you know, reserve it for pictures and really important words, but don't fill up your, your slides with sentences. Like, that's, that's going to lose them in a heartbeat. So instead of using slides, what if you wrote the, some, like, just wrote like a sentence on a piece of paper like with black marker and then held it up in front of you. Have you ever noticed on social media, if there's a picture, if there's a picture of a person holding a sign that says something that's like handwritten, you have to read it. (laughs) It's so much more interesting than seeing a graphic with words because we're so bored with that. It's almost like it fades into the background because so much of the internet looks like that. But if you see a person holding a piece of paper with handwriting on it, you have to know what it says. So if you made 
instead of having slides, what if you held up signs with words on them, like a sentence or a phrase or just a word or a picture of something? That would be so much more interesting to look at and your audience might actually pay attention more because you're doing something interesting. And you know the tone of your office or your clients or your corporation. You know what's acceptable and what's not. Just because you've never seen someone do it doesn't mean you can't do it. That's really important because it seems like status quo or the norm is to be boring. Just deliver what needs to be delivered and get it over with. And here's the sad truth about that. And you probably already know it because you've sat through it so many times. When you craft a presentation just to get it over with or to make it so it doesn't stand out or it doesn't um, get any negative attention, you're not doing your audience any favors. You're actually wasting their time. And I don't even want to know the number of hours that people waste in meetings everywhere every year. It probably would make me cry because I've been in so many of those meetings and I know how much of a time waster it is. So when you're on the schedule to give a speech or when you know that it's going to be your turn to say something, make the most of that time by doing something that is going to get attention, that's going to be interesting or funny or just, we're going to talk about this more as we go down the list, but don't do what everyone else is doing because it's not going to get the attention. People just tune it out and they forget about it right away. And that's one of the reasons why you suck at online presentations because <laughs> you're just doing it like everybody else. So what I have for number one is you lost them at the seventh second right after you said, I can't get my screen to share. So rather than being another person who's having a tech technical glitch and relying on their slides and freaking out because you can't get your slides to work and what if you don't have your slides up, you're not going to remember your talk, don't rely on slides. Be more creative than that. That's tip number one. The tone got a little intense there. Can you tell how passionate I am? <laughs> I think this is one of the topics that I get the most fired up about because I've been to so many presentations where the slides are awful and it's like you're held prisoner and you have to watch this presentation for 45 minutes or an hour and it's like, <sighs> they could have done so many more things that were fun and like engaging and actually made people want to be there and they lost the opportunity because they went to the stupid slides. I, I often tell this joke when I'm, at, when I'm giving a speech about like, have you ever ran, run into someone who was like, dude, are you going to that conference? Yeah, no, I heard they're going to have slides. Like they're going to, all the speakers are going to use PowerPoint. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. Then if they're going to have PowerPoint, then I'm definitely going. Like no one has ever said that. <laughs> so don't, like you've probably heard of death by PowerPoint. Take that seriously. Be a leader in your office by coming up with something different. Create a new normal. That's what we're doing right now, right? That's what this life is all about. We're all coming at it from a new place. So don't be scared of that. It's time we wake up these online presentations. All right, number two. A lot like number one, but we're going to add on to number one. Number two is you're being boring. Okay, we've kind of explored that with the slides problem. Let's talk about like an advanced version of that. What else could you do that would make your audience like laugh or think or engage. 
Because when your audience is passive, like when you're just speaking at them, you know what they're doing? They're eating breakfast. They're getting the dog's food ready, maybe brushing the dog. They're reading emails. They're thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. Like, especially in online presentations, they are not paying attention. And I just talked to someone about this yesterday. She said, like, all of her morning meetings, she doesn't turn her camera on because she's getting ready for the day. Like, she sets up her makeup (laughs) mirror right there, and she does her hair and her makeup during the meeting and just doesn't turn her camera on. So if you're doing that, are you really listening? Are you really engaged? I don't think so. Because you're like, oh my God, I don't want to get mascara on my cheek. I got to like dial into this. So don't lose the audience. Here's some things you can do. First off, be unexpected. Do something that like the opposite of what everyone else is doing. This is what I was getting into earlier. And the way you do that is by surprising them. Like do something that like they would never expect you to do. Like bring a fun prop. You know, one thing I love to do at meetings and I've been doing since I was a leader like 15 years ago in my, in my company was um, show and tell. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Especially because everybody is at their house. So they all have stuff that they could show. And it's a fun way to get to know your coworkers, make it a little more personal, get everyone engaged, have some fun because there's so few things you can do right now to make, to build morale and camaraderie and make everyone feel like, Hey, like we're, we're, we're together and like, you know, to feel like a team versus like just constantly having meetings and giving updates and then jumping off and like never having that chance to kind of catch up. So, um, show and tell is a great way to do that. If you're on a team, if you're not on a team, if you're just giving a presentation, like you had people register for your online webinar and they're just showing up out of nowhere, um, you could ask people to bring things and then award prizes to people who do show and tell as an icebreaker for your webinar. That could be really fun. And then you have some kind of freebie you give away. You can promote your like free report on something or you can give out a copy of your book or you know whatever you have there. It's a kind of a fun way to get people talking before the presentation starts. Because the last thing you want to do is open up the... Um, the meeting with just like you rambling and like, here, this is who I am. This is my background. It's like the audience wants to know that you see them because they're behind a screen and it's, there's that divide. So doing the interaction immediately makes them feel like they're in the space. Not, you know, obviously they know that they're not, but they feel like more involved and there's more of an experience going on and they're not just a passive viewer. So, Doing a game can be really fun. I was in a presentation a couple days ago and a woman had a YouTube video embedded in her slideshow. She only had a few slides. It was like perfect. And the video was 20 seconds long and it was a game. It was like a brain teaser. And it, it applied to what she was talking about in her presentation. And it was really fun to do. And it got everybody in the you know online audience to think about something and to engage their brain in a new way. So you can include little games throughout your presentation. If you're giving a 20 minute talk, maybe have three different intervals where you do a brain teaser or you do a true or false question or you do a poll. These are all really fun, easy ways to get the audience more involved and you can give out prizes if you want to or you can just make it like an opportunity for them to learn. I think doing a quiz is probably one of the most interesting and fun things to do and also to um, 
you know, get your audience to be paying more attention. So you can tell them before you start, hey, grab a piece of paper and a pen, I'm going to, and, and number it one through 10. And as we go through the presentation, I'm going to ask you questions and I want you to put your answers down. And at the end, I'll give you the answers and you can grade yourself. I don't know about you, but that gets me really excited. Like the opportunity to be like, oh, I get to like get a grade, even though it means nothing and no one will ever see it or know anything about it. <laughs> I get excited knowing. <laughs> and so just like involving some questions and they don't have to be hard. It can just be like a simple true or false or like a, um, a multiple choice with three different answer options. You don't have to do essay questions where you give people 20 minutes to answer them. Just quick quiz questions. And they could be quiz questions that are a review of what you just talked about. So you can make sure people are listening and the polls can be really fun too. You can do some like some funny polls and you can do some more like real polls in your, in your thing. I did a, an online meeting, I think it was last month, where I, did a, I hosted a story slam, and there were five presenters, and after each presenter, after they finished, I put the poll up, and I put all five of their names, and I said, you know, vote for the person who you felt did the best job, or that you connected with the most, and then I got to see who got the most votes, and it was really simple and easy, and I had just uploaded it, or I kind of like created it right before the meeting happened, so it's really easy to do in Zoom, and you don't have to be like writing the questions and the answers while the meeting is going on. So using the polling feature, if you Google how to use polls in Zoom, you'll see a three minute video that will tell you everything you need to know and it will change your life forever because it, it's so easy to do. So doing a game, um, doing a quiz, a poll, asking questions. These are really, really great ways to make your talk more interesting. And I know sometimes people have a huge audience, so they can't really ask a question and get an answer. One thing you can do is have people write their answer in the chat box, and you can have it so that it's just sent to you, so they don't have to worry about everyone seeing their answer. If it's like something that is personal or if they're you know likely to be wrong, they might not want to participate, but you can have them do it that way. Or if it's a smaller group, you can have people raise their hand and actually answer the question, or you can have them raise their hand just so that people can see, oh, this answer applies to these people, and then have them um, take the raise hand option off, and then you don't ever talk to them, but you just see the show of hands. So these are all like really, really simple little things you can integrate into your talk, and it will get people more involved and paying attention, and it makes your talk more effective, and that's what I'm talking about. It's all about making the most use of everyone's time, not wasting everyone's time with another boring talk that no one's gonna remember. If this matches the tone of your, um, of your presentation or, or company, wear a costume. I have so many costumes. I used to own a, an online community for entrepreneurs, and I would post videos every month. And a lot of my videos, I was wearing a costume. Like sometimes I was dressed as a mad scientist. Sometimes I was dressed as an old lady dispensing wisdom. <laughs> um, I was also a very eccentric uh, I don't know, an eccentric older woman who also had a strange accent that was ind indistinguishable, but she wore a pink fuzzy robe and seemed to know a lot about business. I can't remember the context of that video. I'll have to find <laughs> But wearing a costume is unexpected. It's fun. It's different. I was wearing a robe when I first started writing my notes for this podcast episode, and I was like, oh, I'm going to record my video in my robe. But then I was like, okay, I don't, 
I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to record the video tonight, but next time I do, I'll wear my robe because I don't work for a corporation. I can wear whatever I want. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to make a point. So the robe would work. My hair, it's another story, but we talked about that already. So that is tip number two. You're being boring. Be unexpected and surprise people. Have fun props. Do games. Pull out all the stops. One of the things I often say is the more you can make your talk like kindergarten, the more your audience will love it and remember it. Because we are all kids at heart. We all just want to be in kindergarten, like taking naps and playing with blocks and coloring. And we're all getting dressed up and going to scary jobs and doing scary work and saying scary things. <laughs> and if we could just have like an hour or 20 minutes of our day where we get to feel like a kid and have fun, it is such a relief. It is such a nice feeling. It's such a gift to give your audience. And of course, you don't have to act like five-year-olds, but you can do five-year-old activities that are simple and they can also be really powerful but it's just about taking the time to think about it. And it doesn't have to be hard. And I know I often bring crayons to my workshops. I know that's not an option right now, but you can often, you can tell your audience like, hey, grab a piece of paper and, a, and I want you to grab a colored marker. Like there's something fun about that. So um, don't be afraid to do that stuff because people love it and it's refreshing. And it's just, it's nice to take a break from being an adult for like five seconds. <laughs> and don't, don't worry, it's not, they're not wasting time. They're doing something that's going to just make the audience like laugh and enjoy the time instead of dreading it. So that's number two. Number three, this is one of the reasons you suck at online presentations. You wouldn't turn your camera on. So many people are like, oh, I'm not going to turn my camera on. I'm just going to talk. Like that is the kiss of death. I hope you know that. If you're going to be talking, turn your camera on. And I was recently talking to some friends who work for a corporation, and they said, oh, our, our computers don't have webcams. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I was so confused. I, I thought every computer had a webcam at this point. It just seems like, why wouldn't they? But they're like, oh, the computers are old, and they, like, they bought like a million of them, and they just got them without webcams. Only people who have to use them have them. And I was like, okay. Well, doesn't everybody have to use them at this point? But anyway, if you have a webcam, use it. You add so much to the presentation by showing your face because your facial expressions and your body language is 55% of your presentation. And there was a study done like in the 70s where the researcher found that 55% of your communication is your body language. It's just what, the way that people see you. It's what they're looking at when you talk. 38% of it is your energy or your tone. So that's why so many fights happen from reading an email or a text message. It's so hard to interpret tone or energy that you can take something the wrong way completely because you interpret it as someone yelling while the other person meant it as like a joke. And um, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. <laughs> oh, right. So when you turn your camera on, <laughs> um, it helps people to just follow along and feel like there's a person there. And 
helps just with the communication. So the other 7% of communication is what you're actually saying. And I've read articles saying like this, that they like debunked these percentages and for whatever reason, they feel that that's not true. But in my experience, I would say that those percentages are pretty, pretty accurate. And most people I talk to say the same thing. Like they really rely on body language and tone in order to really get what the person is saying. So take the actual percentages with a grain of salt, but know that those are things that are people that people are evaluating when you talk. It's your tone and your energy, your body language and your facial expressions and your content and the actual words you're saying. All of that stuff matters. And when you turn your camera off, you're losing a third of what matters to your presentation. And if you're given the option, don't be like, oh, it would be so much easier if people can't see me. Like, no, no, let them see you. It's really, really important that they do. And when you're giving the presentation, look at the webcam. Don't look at your screen. Look at the webcam. Because when you look at the webcam, it's like you're looking in the eyes of the audience. When you're looking at your screen, you're looking at yourself. And you're not connecting with your audience as well as you could if you looked at the webcam. So that is number three. The reason you suck at online presentations is they wouldn't turn your camera on. <laughs> All right, number four. This one is going to be a little harsh. Everyone sucks at online presentations. So don't feel like you're alone. That's just like, it's, a, it's almost like if you're going to do a presentation online, you're going to suck at it. So you can do the best you can, but it's still going to kind of suck because we're not in person. And your brain knows the difference. It knows that you're not three-dimensional. It knows that it's looking at a screen and there is a division between you and the person or people you're talking to. And that makes it harder to make a connection and to build that like warm like environment where you can have a, a, a really like deep talk or share or you know, it's like, it's not the same as being around a campfire. It's not the same as being at a coffee shop with a friend. It's not the same as sitting on the couch with candles and a glass of wine and like sharing with a few people. It's sitting in front of a camera, in front of a computer and trying to connect with people who are hundreds or 10 or thousands of miles away. So the reason you suck at online presentation is, is because the whole, the whole model sucks, and once we can accept that, it's just, it's not going to be the same. It can kind of help us to focus on the fact that we have to compensate for the fact that it just sucks. <laughs> and that's why we can't, we have to be better. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I would always walk up to the TV and talk to the people on the TV. And my mom would say, um, Ange, they can't hear you. That was recorded seven years ago. <laughs> and I'd be like, wait, but they're talking to me and like she had to explain the whole thing to me. And once I got it, I was like, Oh, okay. So I, you don't talk at a screen. You talk to people and then they talk back. Okay. All right. This makes sense. So when we're adults trying to use this format, I think a part of our mind like recognizes this is not normal. This is not how we're set up to operate. We don't talk at screens and screens talk back to us. And so when you're giving the presentation, know that you're already at a handicap because you already have a handicap because the screen just makes it harder. And that's why we're going to work our butts off to make a better experience for the audience. So we got to just own that. It sucks all around. Okay. 
Number four, you're talking at your audience. This is very annoying. (laughs) This is annoying when you're doing public speaking in person. When you're doing it over the computer, it's like multiply it by a hundred. That's how much it sucks. It's boring. It's hard to pay attention because you start to zone out, especially if you're speaking in a monotone voice. And it's a recipe for losing your audience. So like I said before, instead of just giving a presentation, create opportunities for engagement throughout it, like asking your question and audience asking your audience a question or even asking your audience to participate. Like if you know the people in the audience, you can ask them beforehand, "Hey, I'm going to throw the ball to you for 1 minute and I want you to say A, B, and C and then throw it back to me." That breaks up the voice, the one voice going the whole time, and it gets your audience engaged. And if if you're having like a team meeting, try to give everybody a little piece of the meeting to do, and that way they're going to be on their toes because they know they're coming up next (laughs) and they're going to have to present. If you're presenting to an audience you don't know, let them know, hey, we're going to have a a lot of fun here today and we're going to be talking throughout and I'm going to be giving you some activities and some brain teasers and we're going to do some quizzes and some polls. So grab grab a piece of paper, make sure that you're all ready to go because this is going to be a lot of fun. Setting it up like that makes it so that they already know, hey, we're going to have a conversation here today. We're going to be part of this. We're not going to just passively watch it. So... Reason number four that you suck at online presentations is that you're talking at them. And that's actually, that's reason number five. I got the numbers wrong. Hold on. Five. Okay, we're back, we're back, okay. So number seven, no, number five. (laughs) I got the numbers all mixed up. You're talking at them. That's the reason that you suck at online presentations. All right, number six. You didn't think about your audience. All you thought about was, this is what I need to share. This is what's important to me. This is what I want to tell them. This is what they need to know. But did you ever ask yourself, what do they need? What problem am I solving for them? This is the central question you should always ask yourself before you write any presentation because it gives you such a solid starting point for building the content because you actually know where you're going versus just like what you feel like telling them. And it keeps them in mind so that you know they'll be engaged because the whole presentation was built with them in mind. So make sure that you're starting with what problem am I solving for them? What's in it for them? And that will give you something that is worth listening to. Now, number seven, number six was you didn't think about your audience. Number seven is you only thought about your audience and you didn't fully articulate your goal. So it's a balance here. You need to remember, I want to make sure that my audience knows X, Y, and Z because it's going to help them, but also what's my agenda? And how can you tie those two things together so it's like a win-win for both? So you have something that you want to articulate and make sure they know about, and then you need to think about why should they care about it. And when you can put those two things together successfully, that is like A+, five gold stars, the gold standard, three Michelin stars, and so it's not even a cooking competition of all presentations. 
So this is a short list. It's very easy to do. All it requires is a little bit of forethought. If you know you have a presentation coming up, put some thought into what you want to do to be exceptional, to get their attention, to make it fun. And don't be afraid of doing things you haven't seen before. Every time, and, and maybe I'm biased because I, I'm in the public speaking world. I talk about this all the time. I watch a lot of presentations and I'm constantly critiquing speakers. But every time I see someone do something I haven't seen before, I'm so tickled pink. I'm like, oh my God, yes. You know, I watched a woman give a speech about her divorce while making guacamole. <laughs> like she brought avocados up to the stage and was making guacamole as she told a story about the end of her marriage. And it was the most poetic, hilarious, powerful juxtaposition I think I've ever seen. And who would have ever thought of that? And there was no, she never even addressed that she was making guacamole. (laughs) But at the end, she's like, does anyone want some guacamole? And it was like the best way to end her talk. I was... I was in tears over the story about her husband, but when we got to the guacamole, I was just like, this woman kicks ass. Like, this is so funny. This is so cool. Such a funny, like, interesting way to tell this kind of gut-wrenching story, but made, the, made it so that the audience didn't have to feel like they are being dragged down by it, but instead it was like part of her journey, and we got to have guacamole. <laughs> So I, I want to make sure that you're not shying away from stuff you haven't seen before. And I would love for you to try stuff at your meeting and then report back to me and tell me how it went. And if you want to share some examples of things you've done, I'd love to share on an upcoming episode. I'd love to tell the audience, hey, Cheryl in Ohio did show and tell, and everyone got to show an award they won at some point in their life. And it was the most fun they had had on a call in a, in a month. You know, I want to hear those stories because it will help other people come up with more fun ideas and it will help you to see that it's okay. I think sometimes when we get advice that sounds different or a little out there, we look for a permission slip. Like, is that okay? Can I do that? And once you see other people doing it and there's social proof, you start to see, oh, actually you can do that. Like, I'm, it is okay if I do that. And the more people who do that, the higher the bar is going to go on presentations and we're going to get away from PowerPoint. Isn't that the goal in life? Aren't we always trying to avoid PowerPoint? Am I right? <laughs> I think I'm going to get some bumper stickers that just say kill PowerPoint. And then people will be like, yeah, she's a real public speaking nerd. Like she has taken it to a new level. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do the anti-PowerPoint campaign. <laughs> Nothing against Microsoft. It's just, come on, let's, let's start thinking a little more creatively. So that does it for me this week, you guys. I also typed out the notes um, in the show notes, like on iTunes, there's a shortened version of the steps or the reasons you suck. But on my website, on speakersisterhood.com, I gave a little description of each of the reasons. So if you want to share it with a friend or post it on your social media, feel free. Um, I think that's it for all uh, me today. I would love to get a review from you if you're enjoying the show. You can leave a rating and review and it helps more people find me. You know what's really fun? A couple weeks ago, I went on iTunes. I went to the search function. I typed in public speaking and my app, my podcast was like the fifth or sixth one that came up like in the world. <laughs> I was like, 
This is so cool. All right. So that does it for me. If you have any ideas for topics, I already came up with an idea for my next podcast while I was in the bathtub, but that's a secret for now. But I'm open to other ideas. So feel free to email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. And I'll talk to you later. But in the meantime, as always, say it with me. Stop waiting. Start creating. I'll see you next time. Bye.